So many, we, we beat Purdue and just, and then we lost seven in a row or whatever, but so many top 25 wins and then just so many terrible losses too. You just can't, yeah. I mean, all we had to do on that last seven games when we lost seven in a row coming into this tournament was win like three of them, like go three and four in that you know, 0 and seven stretch. And then we're sitting with I, like what, 18 wins right now, 17 wins and yeah, we're, we're in. Well, that's what was crazy is like, I remember they had that hell stretch and they were looking at mm-hmm. it, and I remember, like, Ryan James, when, when they got through it, he's like, they got through it, and, you know, whatever, they were, like, six and four, they had a couple <laughs> big wins, and they're like, hey, now we made it, we're in position to make the tournament, now we things lighten up, and it was the exact opposite of what you would have expected. Like, they got in that easier mm-hmm. stretch of the schedule, and they just fell apart. Right. But now, thinking back on it now, as, like, a Minnesota sports fan, like, you go through that gauntlet of a schedule of seven ranked opponents in a row, and you come out pretty well with some big yeah. time wins on your schedule. That's like such a Minnesota thing to do then to like go to the easy part of your schedule and go three and 12, yes. you know, or go two oh, and, yeah. two and 12 and you, you win the hard games and then you get to the easy ones and you just, you're losing every night, you know, Beat the pack and then you lose to the bears at home to exactly. go to the playoffs kind of deal. Exactly. It's so bad. just ridiculous. But that, that was kind of a cold open to the pod there. I started recording fellas just a second back, but Max Musselman is joining us tonight on this show. We're talking a lot of college basketball, a lot of NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament, SEC tournament, and we're going to talk a little bit of Wolves as well, um, just with the news the last couple of weeks, firing Saunders, hiring the new coach. We're going to talk to Max about that as well. Um, let's start in college basketball. Let's start with the Gophers. Um, season is over as of yesterday now when this comes out. Uh, a loss to Ohio State. We beat them, I think, three times in a row, or maybe it was even four times in a row heading into this to this game. Obviously it was going to be tough without Liam Robbins, without Gabe Kelcher in the lineup. Robbins was kind of a day-to-day guy. Patino even said yesterday or two days ago now after the win against Northwestern that there's a chance Robbins played. He didn't end up playing, but the Gophers played a lot, a lot better. I assume I didn't watch the game today. I watched the game against uh, Northwestern and Max. It was one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen neither Minnesota nor Northwestern deserved to win that game. Minnesota did win that game and they must've played a lot better today because it was a four point loss to Ohio state. And we had a chance coming down the stretch. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, first on that Northwestern game, I saw a stat that it was the first, I think it was the first game since like 2014 or 2015 where both teams shot, you know, under 40% from the field under 30 or 35% from three and like under 60% from the free throw line. So just a disgusting game, but no, I thought the Gophers competed today. Like they play, they, they had some, you know, effort, at least some heart at the end of the game. Like they didn't quit um, on coach Patino, which was good to see, but to chalk it up more, I I would chalk it up more to the lack of uh, execution from Ohio state in those, you know, final uh, six minutes or so than I would to anything really that the Gophers did uh, strategically at least. Gotcha. Yeah. And obviously we've had the the number of Ohio state. A lot of those games kind of get lucky, get some good calls down the stretch. A lot of them being at home. Gophers are 
winless on the road this year. We just started. We just mentioned that before we started recording that they technically did get a win on the road, but it was you know a neutral site in Indianapolis. So they were still finishing the season without any road wins. You can't do that in, in the Big Ten and expect to come back the next season as the head basketball coach. Richard Pertino is all but fired from Minnesota. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of speculation in the next few weeks. Who steps into that job? Do you know with with kind of your insight, and maybe you can't say, but do you have any candidates in your mind that you think jump to the top of that list now to re- replace Patino, assuming he will be yeah. fired? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's all been but, you know, made official at this point. Mm-hmm. It was really funny when those first articles started coming out. It was a lot of names that were all in the Mountain West about three years ago when Eric was there coaching, my Eric, my brother coaching Nevada, uh, you saw Nico Medved's name come up at Colorado State, uh, Dutcher at San Diego State, and, you know, Eric, like I said, was there coaching Nevada. I think those are both two really good coaches. Craig Smith is the other one at Utah State, and he gave Eric a lot of trouble in his last year. They had a really, really good team, Utah State did, uh, three years ago. And I think those are all, you know, decent coaches. They all have ties to Minnesota. That's kind of the uh, common link with, all the names being circulated right now, other than maybe John Beeline is that they have some Minnesota connection. The one thing and the main concern I have right now is that the Gophers did cut a couple athletic programs uh, just a few months ago, you know, due to COVID concerns, um, budgetary reasons. Right. And I do have a fear that they might go cheap on the hire. That's mm-hmm. something that I have heard um, from people, you know, pretty connected to the uh, Minnesota basketball scene that they're, Hearing the Gophers are probably unwilling to pay money that some of these top candidates are going to be looking for. The other thing is uh, all 11 of Coyle's hires that he's made uh, have been white coaches. And so this is something that has started to come up in the last few days as well, is that there might be some pressure on him to bring in some more diversity. I think they're the only athletic department in the Big Ten that doesn't have any uh, black men or women in head coaching positions or administration, something something like that. They're the only program. So I think there could be some pressure there too. Um, so that'll be interesting that that plays out. The other name would be Porter Mosier, who has done one hell of a job uh, at Loyola Chicago. Yeah, and, and they're good again this year. They got that yeah. uh, Cameron Crutwig or whatever. The, the He was a freshman on the, the Loyola team that went to the Final mm-hmm. Four. He's back, and he's a beast as well still. Um, yeah, that's a couple of phenomenal names right there. So back, circling back to your brother, if mm-hmm. you think the Gophers offered him the job, and maybe you don't want to speak for your brother here, but would would that be a very intriguing position for him to take at the University of Minnesota? Yeah, and I can't speak for Eric. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to talk specifically about the Gophers' job recently. He's super happy at Arkansas. They've been, you know, it's the most successful season that they've had since nineteen. Uh, 94, 95. And, you know, the Gophers job has always meant a lot to him. Like when he was at Nevada, um, it was something that he definitely had a lot of interest in. And it's always meant a lot to our family since our dad, you know, was the head coach of the Gophers back in the 70s. Um, But right now, like he's so focused on Arkansas season and just trying to make a further push, um, hopefully win the SEC tournament and go a little further. But, you know, like selfishly, um, if it ever worked out that he ended up with the Gophers, I would be so happy. I mean, I'm finishing up my last year, my last year here as a student, and you know, was very, always very hopeful 
uh, that he would end up here while I was still in school. And yeah. that didn't happen, uh, as we know. Yeah. I mean, how, yeah, that, that, I mean, it still would be so cool to just assuming you're going to be living in Minnesota. I don't know where you're going to be living, but you're living in, in the Twin Cities and your brother's head coach of the, the big, the only D1 university, at least until next season when St. Thomas goes D1 AA <laughs> or whatever in, in Summit League. Not really a, a big time school, but still the only D1 school in the state and your brother is the head coach. That would be a pretty cool thing. And that would be, it just cool to be around that and to be around that environment, get to know the team a little bit. And that, Hey, we're, we're cheering for that on the wake and take podcast. We said it a couple <laughs> weeks ago when the rumors came out that Bertino was going to be done uh, after the season was over. His name was one of the first we mentioned. And, and that would be a, a good hire in my mind, a guy from, you know, familiar with Minnesota, familiar with this, this state and familiar with the talent. I'm sure that's coming out of the state every year that we just can't seem to keep in the borders. And that's going to be a big problem if they continue to not be able to keep those Minnesota guys home. So hopefully yeah. the, the next coach can do that. Yeah, that's got to be a top priority for whoever they hire. Um, and something that Eric, I know, has made a priority at Arkansas. They had a top five recruiting class in the country last year, and they had four kids that were all um, you know top 100 guys coming out of the state of Arkansas. Yeah. And I think it's important whatever program you're in, um, especially with how much talent Minnesota's had recently. You know, you're not going to get every guy, but if you can get, you know, one um, out of maybe eight, four, uh, four or five stars, like that would be awesome and could really change the trajectory of the program. Absolutely. Did you listen to the part of my take interview with your brother last I did. week? I did. I did. It's pretty good, Eric, huh? it, it was good. I, you know, Eric leans into it so much. Like, uh-huh. it's funny because he, he just loves that stuff. Um, and I think he sent me like five links that day to tweets and, you know, they had the, the must bus t-shirts they were selling on yep. Barstool and, yep. you know, he sent me the link to the podcast as soon as it came out and like, he, he just loves it. Um, and it's funny cause I, you know, sort of listened to part of my take in high school. I don't listen to it really very frequently anymore, but, uh, to hear him on there is, is kind of crazy. Like if you told me that a few years ago when he first started coaching college hoops, I probably wouldn't have believed you. So it yeah. was, it was a good listen. No, yes, totally a good listen. He was a great interview on there as well. But yeah, I think it was hilarious when they were giving him ideas for recruiting pictures. <laughs> Cause he takes recruiting pictures with every, I didn't even know that before, before I heard. Yeah. That, he's always looking for a way to go viral. I don't know. I'm sure he'll come up with something new, uh, you know, when they can actually like be back in person with the recruits, um, right. hopefully soon. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, obviously it makes it so hard to, recruit guys online via zoom. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, that's, that's super tough. I did see one other thing and maybe this is, I'm assuming he's related to you somehow, but another, I think it it wasn't uh, maybe Matt Musselman. Who is, who is maybe his, is it Eric's son or something? So yeah, he's, he's got two kids, Michael and Matthew. Michael is on the staff. I think he's the director of recruiting. That's who it was. It was probably Michael. Did you see, he had a tweet that went kind of viral and it was just a screenshot of a Razorbacks fan that, you know, like on January 1st was like, Muss is terrible. He needs to be fired. This guy's awful. And then it was yeah. like, you know, a couple of weeks later, like, Muss bus all the way. Like, here we go. If we're not in the top 10 this week, I'm killing somebody. And it was just like four <laughs> I, different tweets of just the roller coaster that. of emotion. That's fantastic. Michael, yeah. Michael's funny. He's like, he's definitely not afraid to throw some troops out there. He's got, you know, like, like he's got that in him for sure. He's always been that way. 
And it was funny because that wasn't the first type of, you know, interaction like that. He had a tweet a few weeks before that where I think it was Arkansas State. They were looking to schedule. They had, you know, A&M when they were supposed to play, Arkansas was, and they had to cancel due to COVID, and they were trying to get an Arkansas State game scheduled last minute and didn't happen. And they asked Arkansas State's head coach, and he said, you know, look, I'm not trying to do this last minute. I'm focused on trying to get the number one seed um, in our conference yeah, you know, headed into the conference tournament, right? And they ended up finishing, I think, like six in their conference. <laughs> it, he posted the this screenshot of the standings, and it was Arkansas sitting in second in SEC, and Arkansas State sitting in like sixth or seventh in whatever you know Sun Belt conference they're in. Yep. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Absolutely love it. Uh, okay, so Arkansas hasn't played a game yet in the SEC tournament. They got the double bye as the number. Is it number three seed or two? Number two seed. Two seed. Wow. That's um, awesome. Alabama's the number one. You guys have Missouri today. Uh, I think it's like, a, I don't even know what time. A night game, five o'clock, something like that. Yeah, yeah, changes. six central. Six central. Um, what's Missouri? What's what's the kind of the scouting report on them? Have you seen them play yet this season? And yeah. What, what do they like to do? So they're, they're a good team. They started the season off really well. I think they were ranked in the top ten. Uh, oh. Back in December, they've beaten some good teams. Uh, I'm pretty sure they beat they beat Oregon, um, and I think that they might have beat Illinois as well. So they beat Arkansas the first time they played at Arkansas, uh, and Arkansas was missing their starting power forward, uh, which really hurt. And then Arkansas went back in there, and this time Missouri was missing one of their starters. Uh, Tillman, he's their starting power forward. You think he's all SEC, like second team, really good player. Um, he was out in Arkansas, won in overtime. So they're a good team. They really slow the ball down. Like they're, I mean, Tennessee, Florida, and Missouri all are play kind of play this way. Like they try to control the tempo of the game. Yeah. And so Missouri is a decent team. I think Arkansas matches up pretty well against them. Uh, but they have some good wins in their resume. But they've really struggled down the stretch which yeah. is the opposite of Arkansas. Right, and the opposite of how you, you'd want to finish as well. I, I'm looking through right. the Missouri schedule right now. Yeah, you were right. They did beat Oregon by eight. They beat Illinois by three back in mid-December. <clears throat> and they beat Alabama just a couple of weeks ago, about four or five weeks ago now. Um, but, yeah, they have some quality wins, and that, that will be a, should be a good game. Is that a pretty deep conference SEC this year, or is, did they just really fall by the wayside as the season went on? It's definitely an underrated conference. I think it's pretty typical, too, that the SEC doesn't get as much attention with basketball, or, like, yeah. there's the assumption that they're so dominant in football that when you don't see, like, six teams in the top 25 that you assume the conference just isn't that uh, tough. Yeah, I'd say, like, one through seven is really strong. Kentucky was eight and they were they were a talented team that just couldn't win a lot of games but I think those those top seven teams were pretty tough the back end of the conference was a little weak this year yeah I wonder if I didn't didn't follow basketball too much but um with the with the Big Ten you just you gotta wonder you gotta hope that we can pull out something with how deep we were this year that Minnesota the 13 seed had you know beat all those teams, it's just, it's unbelievable. But yeah, hopefully Arkansas can make a run. That would be, that would be sweet. When's, when's the last time they did make the tournament? So they were in the tournament. Absolutely. I mean, last year there wasn't one, right? Um, yeah. Pretty recently. I, I can't remember if it was 
if they were in it the year before Eric got hired or if it was two years prior to that, they kind of been like, you know, finishing middle of the pack in the SEC, um, getting like the eight or nine seed a lot of years before okay. he got hired. So it wasn't like a bad program he came into. It was a very middle of the road, which was why they decided to shake things up and bring him in. Um, yeah. But it's the first time they've been ranked in the top 10 since 1994, 1995. That's awesome. That is huge. Yeah. yeah. And certainly a lot of hope around there. I mean, the, the projections this week, they came out a couple of days ago now, but uh, Arkansas was a number three seed in the most recent bracketology. Is that the kind of ideal range for you? Are you hoping they can get up to a number two seed if they win a couple of games or even would they have to win it all, do you think, to get to a two seed? Yeah, it, it's interesting because Alabama's been locked into a two seed for a couple of weeks now. Right. I think there was one point where they were sitting at the one line, uh, but they've been at that two seed for a while. Arkansas has just recently moved up to the three line with how many wins they've rattled off uh, since losing to Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago. So I think there's a chance they can move up to that that two seed. It's going to be interesting to see like if they win the conference tournament and they beat Alabama on the way there, yeah. I think they would get the two seed ahead of Alabama. Uh, but without that head-to-head win right now, they'll probably default to Bama being the two. I yeah. think either way, things are going to look really good for them um, with their draw. <laughs> you know, the bracketology, I think, I was looking at some of it today, and it, it's you, you see, like, different things. Um, and I think the dangerous teams this year could be kind of that eight or nine range, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah. Have you heard from your brother at all since he's been at the SEC tournament? Um, what's it like? Have you heard anything of, like, how I, – I heard from the Big Ten tournament, at least, that there's – it's like the security is insane. Like the players don't see anybody else other than their, their immediate bubble with their coaching staff and their other players and, and maybe some other team members or whatever that are traveling with the university. But other than that, I mean, it was a really, really tight bubble so far at the NC at the big 10 tournament. Is it pretty similar at the sec tournament? Have you heard anything about that? Yeah. So they got in, I think they got into the arena. I don't know if it was, if they got to Nashville yesterday, um, if it was Wednesday or Tuesday that they got in. And all I've seen, um, I I haven't asked them specifically about the security measures, uh, but I know that they have a lot in place. So they're bringing in 20% capacity for the fans, which I think has got to be higher than the Big Ten. So the SEC is interesting. They've actually, a lot of the teams have been playing in front of fans. Um, Arkansas being on the higher side for all teams in the country, um, they've had you know a couple thousand fans for most of the season, so they're more used to that. Um, if I had to guess, I would anticipate the Big Ten is probably a little stricter on yeah. you know some of those COVID protocols. Right. Uh, but I know that you know Eric will definitely be looking to keep those guys in the hotel room as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, obviously the news came out yesterday about Duke; they're out of the ACC tournament and probably out of the NCAA tournament. Reading that the message from their president, I think who, who put a message out there, maybe it was the athletic director, but obviously one, one COVID test. And that was a, a guy from Duke who was a walk on probably a freshman or, or something that, that got the positive COVID test. And this whole mm-hmm. team is done, not only for, for the ACC tournament, but presumably for the rest of the season that, I mean, that's crazy this year that just one little thing like that can end your entire season and you have to be so careful and it, it's just going to, amplify the madness i think i mean obviously it's different when you're 
friends with the coach or brother of the coach. And it, it, you, you see it from a different side of things, but from a fan side, it's going to be craziness. What is your brother thinking about all of this? And what are you thinking about all this? Cause one COVID test could really end your whole season. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a few thoughts on this actually. So the first, actually Arkansas has one kid, Jalen Williams. He's a freshman power forward for him. He's been playing really well uh, as of late. He's in COVID protocols right now. So he missed the game at the last, I know he missed the AM game and I can't remember if he missed any games prior to that. He's out for the SEC tournament. And so I know they're dealing with that. I do know like, like one thing um, that you, you can't really gauge from a fan perspective, but a lot of these teams have already had guys go through COVID. Mm-hmm. So whether it was summer workouts fall workouts or even during the season and that's something to consider you know we don't know uh, a ton about the disease yet at least from our perspective right like there's some thought that you could get it a second time but that is something where some of these teams have had guys that have already had it um i you know i know that with eric eric's team they did have a number of guys that had it this summer so with them it's like if a lot of guys have already had it i don't think they're as concerned about it obviously still taking the protocols very seriously but you know, those guys probably aren't going to get it again at the end of the season. So if you're a team and no one on your team has had it, you know, it's great that you've been following these protocols very seriously, but you're at more of a risk than somebody else. The other thing is a lot of these teams have had shutdowns throughout the season and that really disrupts your rhythm. Like I was concerned about that with Michigan. It seems like they've been able to bounce back pretty well. Baylor has been shut down a couple of times. They came out of the break and lost to Kansas right away, but now I've gotten back on track. So that's something too, like, Arkansas, you know, what they ended with 11 straight SEC wins, and that's a ton of momentum to take going into the conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Well, if your team has been shut down multiple times during the season, you probably didn't develop as much just because you didn't have as many games and have so much practice time. Right. That matters a lot this time of year. And it'll be really interesting because the NCAA's plan right now is that if a team ends up getting COVID, after the brackets have been put together, they're going to have a couple teams to the side as, you know, the last four out and they're just going to slot those in. So if you're Gonzaga and you work super hard and you got that number one seed and you get COVID right before you're about to play, well, now they might have somebody sitting in the bubble, say, let's say Drake. Now Drake gets to go play the 16 seed or maybe Gonzaga doesn't get COVID, but the 16 seed does. And then you're putting in, you know, a team that is right on the bubble, like, Syracuse, you know, right. it looks like they're going to be yeah. in now, but say they didn't. And then you got to play Syracuse as a potential 16 seed. So right. if it ends up happening where teams get slotted in, it'll really shake up the brackets. Yeah, it's going to be absolute madness. And I, I think you make a good point about the teams that already had COVID. I think if you're Michigan, if you're Juwan Howard, you got to be super confident in your team right now. I mean, these a bunch of young kids under the age of 22 or 23 or whatever their oldest guy is, have a very high likelihood of of not only not really getting sick, but really not likely to get the virus again, especially within that three month time span that the CDC is saying right now. So mm-hmm. you, you got to be confident. If you're one of those schools that has had major COVID issues middle of the season, you've found a way to work through it, and, and you've gotten back up to as good. I think Michigan is as good, if not better, than they were before their last postponement. Those teams have got to be riding high right now. Um, let's talk a little big 10 any, so I'll, I'll, here, I'll go through the final eight teams right now. Wisconsin, Penn state is still playing as we're recording this, but Maryland plays Michigan tomorrow. Ohio state plays Purdue 
Illinois plays Rutgers, and Iowa will play the winner of Penn State-Wisconsin, which is still going on. Um, I think we asked you this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm guessing, I, I think you said Michigan. I'm guessing you're going to say Michigan again. But of the eight teams, or, or nine teams, I guess, with, with Wisconsin and Penn State still playing, but of the remaining teams in the field, who is your favorite to win the tournament, and who is your favorite to maybe make a deep run in the NCAA tournament? It could be the same team. It could be another team. Yeah. It's so hard because I think that top four all year has looked like very inseparable with being Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, and Ohio State. I'd say right now I don't have much confidence in Ohio State. They lost four to end the season and almost lost it today to the Gophers and just don't look very confident closing games. Purdue, I'm not super confident in them. Looking back at their record, um, they had some games that they lost that I wasn't you know, really impressed by their performance. Um, probably Michigan or Illinois. Uh, I know that Iowa just had a recent injury. One of their starters went down. And then I think Michigan, one of their starting wings is out as well. Um, I don't know. I really like the way Illinois has been playing. I think it's probably, I mean, they're the one and two seed, so it's pretty easy to say, like, it'll come down to Michigan and Illinois. Yeah. Um, but I really like Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa, probably Illinois the most right now um, for the conference tournament at least. Do you see, I know there's been a lot of talk about Iowa in the national media, at least, with how they defend or the, the lack of defense there. Do you see Iowa making a late run in, into March Madness? Do you see them as a team that can survive the first two weekends with their lack of defense at times? Yeah, I think it really depends upon who the draw is for them, like what their bracket looks like. But that was something when we talked a couple of weeks ago I was actually feeling like pretty confident about Iowa compared to, I think, a lot of the sentiment around that time they'd fallen out of the top 10. I still think their offense is so good that it can carry them. They just need a couple games where they're really clicking on all cylinders. I wouldn't feel confident saying that they can, you know, make a run at the national championship. I just don't see it right now. But I see no reason why they can't make it to a Final Four. Like, they're so they've got the number two offense right now in Ken Palm and then the number 61 defense. So their defense isn't really that bad. Like yeah. it's not where you'd want it to be, but Baylor's defense is only at 38. And I don't think anyone's really questioning whether or not they can make a run at the national championship. So I do think I was in contention, but they have had a lot of struggles uh, in postseason play in recent years. Yeah. And I was really figured it out in the last month, how to defend as a team. I mean, the team defense just having seen a couple of games. I haven't seen them play a ton. I think two or three games I've seen them play in the last month, and it seems like they've figured it out a little bit of how to play defense, how to defend as a team, and we'll see what happens. A lot of Big Ten basketball left to play, and obviously March Madness just a little over or a little under a week away. Uh, let's talk Cinderella's quickly before we move on to some NBA, some Timberwolves talk. Um, don't have to necessarily be Cinderella's. They could be maybe, I don't know, smaller big-time programs or whatever, but – any teams that are jumping out to you right now, middle of conference week, that could be that next big team that no one's talking about right now? I love Loyola. I know we brought him up earlier with Potter Mo Mosier's name uh, being in mention for the Gophers head coaching job. Yep. I absolutely love them. I got to see the uh, Missouri Valley Conference Championship game between them and Drake, and I felt coming out of it completely different. Could not have felt you know more um, – at odds between Drake and Loyola Chicago. Drake's a team that if 
they do end up getting in. I have very little confidence in them. Loyal Chicago, uh, their defense is amazing. They just absolutely uh, play on a string. It's all team defense, constantly communicating, great rotations. They've got some decent athletes, but nothing that'll blow you away. It's just a really well-coached team. And then offensively, this is the issue that Nevada ran into back when Eric was coaching them and they played Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16 a few years ago is they play a really slow pace and that pace has the ability to throw teams out of rhythm. And because of that, I think it gives them the ability to really beat anyone. And they run a lot of set plays. So in, in the half court, they run a ton of sets, a lot of off ball screens to try to free up shooters. And that was the thing that was really like frustrating for me, like watching Drake is Drake just could not figure out how to defend those off ball screens. They kept getting lost and they weren't doing a good job of communicating. I think that Loyola can beat anyone and it looks like they're going to get an eight or nine seed. That's where Lenardi's had them. I hope they see them higher than that because if you work for that number one seed, you know, you are a Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois, and then you got to play Loyola Chicago in the second round. That is a terrible draw. Um, so I feel really good about them. Yeah, and they got Cameron Crutwick back. I can't remember if we mentioned this before. We started at the very beginning of the podcast, but that dude is a beast. I mean, he was the freshman on the team that went to the Final Four. He's a senior now. He still has a really ugly mustache. Just this behemoth of a, of a white dude, and he's a beast. <laughs> and I could see them knocking off a couple of teams. Would be a very interesting second-round matchup with the number one seed wherever they get seated, if that is the case. Um, another team I was looking at, at least, that, that has only had one loss this season is Winthrop. Are you familiar with them at all? Because that was a team that that I kind of identified as a potential Cinderella. They've only lost one game this year. Very solid squad, and they would be, I think, a projected like 12-13 seed. Would be a pretty tough matchup in the first round for really any of those four or five seeds. No, I, I'm not very familiar with them, to be completely honest, but anytime you play a team like that like you know so they only have one loss yeah um, that's tough because that team knows how to win it's always a question of like who are they beating and who are they playing I think that's what's going to make it really hard especially as you're like filling out your bracket this year to evaluate is normally these teams play a lot more non-conference games so you can look at comparables you can say okay you know this team's from a small conference but they played Purdue and you know did they lose by 30 or did they lose by 10 and there's not as many comparables with a lot of these teams. So I think it's going to be hard to evaluate, like, are these mid-majors going to be able to put up as much of a fight as they traditionally do? I'm not sure at this point in time. Yeah, and that's going to be part of the madness this year. Uh, any other Cinderella's that that popped out other than Loyola Chicago um, to your, yeah. in your mind? UConn is the other one. I think they're, they're one of the favorite teams uh, for everyone come March. They have a really big history of turning it on down the stretch. Um, Book Knight is their guard. He's really their star scorer. Mm -hmm. He had some injury uh, issues this season. And since, so I think they've only lost one game when he's been healthy this year. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going into the Big East tournament as the, the favorites right now. I think the tournament is well underway. Um, but I think they're a team that has the ability to make a really long run, uh, a very well-coached team. And, you know, anytime you have a guy that can go for 30 and has that ability to, um, it gives you, you know, the potential to beat anyone on any given night. Yeah, I remember I was listening to Lenardi's pod, or no, not Lenardi, it was, um, who was the other, Greenberg. 
uh, Greenbirds okay. podcast, and he was talking about Boat Night when he got back off of injury. And yeah, they've been a different team ever since. Like I think it was a month ago he came back off of his most recent injury, and they they've been good. And that's been a popular name among the Cinderellas or among the the, the teams that no one's talking about. Let's transition over to a little bit of Timberwolves talk to end this up with you here. Obviously, the big news went down a couple of weeks ago. We haven't talked to you since, but how did that all play out in your mind? I mean, what was your kind of reaction to Timberwolves fire Ryan Saunders and then hire Chris Finch like 30 seconds later? A guy from from the Raptors who was midseason with another team, something that isn't really done very often. Garrison Rosas kind of had a run-in with the media in, in the middle of all that where, you know, he basically said, like, we're firing Saunders. That's all I'm saying. And he kind of, like, walked off the stage. What was your reaction to, to how those events unfolded? Was that just a normal – did it seem pretty normal, or was that kind of a weird evening for the Timberwolves? So I was on a plane uh, when this all went down. And so the, I, you know, was at the airport uh, when the Wolves – when I, I saw that they lost to the Knicks. And this is the other part of the story that's being left out is that – it was Tibbs and his Knicks right. squad that yeah. beat yeah. the Timberwolves. And so yep. I sent, you know, sent a text to some of my buddies uh, just kind of joking around because Tibbs is a good friend of mine. So I was really happy to see him get the win. And I, I sent out a tweet and it was a gif of Tibbs laughing. It's that interview of him when he was at the Chicago Bulls, this ESPN interview where he's just laughing and looks like a madman. And I yeah. sent that out. And then, you know, two hours later I get off the flight and I see that, they've fired Saunders and that they're bringing in Fidge and I got all these texts and now suddenly I sent out this tweet and some people um, that follow me in the basketball circle are, you know, thought this was like a reaction to, or that I knew that they were going to be firing Ryan Saunders and that I was kind of poking fun at that, which is not at all um, the case. Um, Ryan's a great guy. And I think that they handled it very poorly. Like they should not have, they knew, they knew this decision was going to be made yep. or it had been made, I should say. Um, and they played, I think they had a home game on like Friday um, and they should have done it while they're at home before they sent him yeah. on the road to, you know, make him go out to New York, get beat by Tibbs, who was someone that he worked with prior to getting the promotion um, and then send him back to, you know, Minnesota on a plane after getting uh, fired. I think it was handled incredibly poorly. Uh, I think Finch's, you know, a good coach and that's an extension of this conversation, but um, I've never seen that happen in the middle of the season. And I think it just kind of goes to show like this franchise right now is not in a great, great place and managerial decisions um, have been very questionable as of late. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was disappointing to see how it shook out. Kind of working off of that. How long does Rosas have? Cause he's made some very, bold moves in his two years, two and a half years with the Timberwolves. Maybe it's only been two years, but does he have a, a, a lot longer of time here in Minnesota before fans start kind of questioning these decisions? Cause they've been bold. They've been decisive for the most part. He's made big trade moves or, you know, moving seven guys off the team last year at the trade deadline, bringing seven, basically half of a new, a new team in basically a new JV squad coming in. Um, He's made some bold decisions. Do, does that start backfiring on him soon if he doesn't start producing? I I don't think so. I would like to see him get more time. I think he's a great basketball mind. Yeah. But I think they're at greater risk of the fan base falling out of interest with the team than they are the fans getting upset to the point that they're calling for his job. 
I know a lot of like right now, like a lot of people, myself included, can't even watch the games because it's not carried on YouTube TV and there's some other streaming services that it's not on. Um, and even some of the cable networks I know, cause the, you know, the owner of Fox sports, um, is in like contract negotiations, whatever. I, I, I'd be at more concerned with people just being so disinterested, disinterested with how poorly they've been playing. Um, but the way the roster is constructed right now just makes no sense. So I trust he has a vision, but I really don't like where it's at right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And I know, BG, you probably have some takes on the Wolves as well. But it, it's been, I've agreed with most of his decisions, I think. I mean, I, I like getting rid of Saunders. I didn't like the timing of it, but I, I, I've agreed with most of his decisions, just maybe not the way he's done all of them. And I think he, he seems like he, he knows exactly what he wants to do. I mean, he makes very decisive decisions. He brings in this guy, Chris Finch, because he thinks he's going to get poached in the, the free agency market for coaches after the season or later on in the season. And that makes sense to me. But it, it just, when you make these bold decisions and these big time, you know, franchise altering decisions and they don't work out for you, then the fans get restless. And I think you make a great point too about fans becoming uninterested because that's, I mean, we've had so many times now where as, as young Minnesota Timberwolves fans, it's just, just in our lifetime when, okay, now we have the young guys and now we're starting to build. And then it's a couple of years later, we get a new coach and it's like, okay, now we have to rebuild again. And now we have to rebuild again. And now we have to rebuild again. And it's just over and over. And there's never anything to build on. And at some point people just tune it out. And I think that's a lot of what's happened with, at least the younger generation of Minnesota Timberwolves fans. Yeah, that's why it was so frustrating for me. I mean, I always have like a, a little different perspective just because, like I said, Tibbs is a friend of my family and myself. But for them to finally make the playoffs under him and to start to really achieve success and then have them pull the plug on it so quickly, like you talk about not getting enough time to really see your vision through, well – then it did leave them in a really poor situation when you've got this team that was constructed to try to start winning quickly. And then you hit the reset and they were in a, you know, they left themselves, they did it to themselves um, kind of putting them in a poor position to try to transition into some sort of rebuild. And so it was frustrating for me to see like the front office and the fans, you know, more so I have more frustration with the front office than I do with yeah. the fans, but to see things sour so quickly and to see people like so quickly turn on him, and demand that they fire him and move on from him when in reality he gave them more success than the franchise had achieved in you know what was it like 15 years um so that was frustrating and i don't know finch like he did a good thing with his offense um he constructed the offense for the nuggets with Jokic, and even prior to that with the pelicans um for anthony davis so i have some faith in him but again um it's hard to to keep investing in this team when there's been so little to root for, especially when it comes at a time when they're trying to sell the franchise. Right. And that's, yeah, that's another thing. Now KG is out of conversations to, or he obviously never had the money, but his group of buyers is out of conversation to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. And now we really don't know. It's, it's been Taylor's kind of selling point is you have to keep the team in Minnesota, but uh, you, you're talking billionaires here and you know, those things don't always get kept. Those promises don't always get kept. There's a lot of ego involved. And I, I obviously hope this team, this franchise stays in Minnesota, but who knows? I mean, we're in dark times right now in the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise. Max, 
Any final thoughts on Timberwolves, on NCAA, on March Madness before we let you go here? Yeah, I got I got like two quick hitters. One thing on the Timberwolves. Um, so my like with Chris Finch and just kind of looking at like what I want from them or what I hope for them to do. Um, I would like to see them use Cat a lot more and run the offense through him. Um, his usage percentage is below a lot of comparable bigs right now, uh, with Embiid and Jokic being the primary two, um, but lower than you know, Giannis and, and Vooch down in Orlando as well. He has a really low um, possess- time of possession per game. So that's just the main thing in terms of more like technical stuff. I would like to see them try to to have him um, use him more as a distributor and try to get like guys like Ant and Culver cutting off of him and maybe try to get some downhill action um, kind of from that free throw line area. So that's what I'm like hoping for um, and looking moving forward from them. But I do think they really need to, to try to start to bring in more creators uh, moving forward to play around him, guys that can make quick decisions with the basketball. Um, and hopefully they're, you know, they end up keeping the draft pick and there's some guys at the top of the board that could really help in that area. Absolutely. Um, and then the, the last thing, one Cinderella, I forgot, it's not really a Cinderella. Uh, Cause I think they've got a guy that everyone's pretty familiar with, but Oklahoma state is just playing out of this world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cade Cunningham is one of the most exciting basketball college basketball players I've seen in a long time. Um, so all I'm looking forward to watching them in March Madness and hopefully they can keep winning in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, Cade Cunningham is is so fun to watch. I mean, he's absolutely electric. He's going to be the number one draft pick this year, and they got a lot going, going for them down in OK State. Uh, Max, thanks for your time. Enjoy March Madness this week. Enjoy the SEC tournament, and uh, go Razorbacks later today. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Go Hogs. And a special thanks. To Max Musselman for calling in, giving us some brilliant takes uh, on Cinderella's, on March Madness, some great insight to Arkansas Razorbacks basketball, to some Timberwolves basketball. Um, good to have him on this time of year, fellas. Good to have him on. Good to get some of that insight. BG, how you doing over there? I'm doing well. It was, it was good just to sit back and listen, and I'm sure everybody else who's listening to this right now um, – got something from that, especially being at March now. Um, and we're all hyped for the March Madness tournament to start. And Arkansas is starting today with the SEC tournament. So, um, yeah, no, Max sounds like a really intelligent guy. I didn't listen to the first time he was on, um, but he knows a lot about basketball. And it's cool to hear him talk and the insights that he has just coming from a basketball dynasty family with yep. coach of the Gophers, the Timberwolves. Yep. Now, obviously his brother, the coach of Arkansas and just hearing some of the insight he has with college basketball and even stuff he's telling us about Richard Pitino and uh, potential targets for the Gophers in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah. And it sounds like he's going to be a future portal of information for us for breaking news. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like he's got the insight. So you know, maybe we build up that relationship and then all of a sudden he starts sharing breaking news with us and then, you know, we're yeah, breaking we, news. Yeah, we build up that relationship. We get the insider info. Info that that's not even on the streets right now. Yeah. We get um, Eric to coach for the Gophers and then we interview him once he's yeah. the Gophers new coach. Hell yeah. I, that's, that's brilliant. And can you imagine, like, the Star Tribune or, like, I don't know, any of the other Twin Cities press outlets, like the Pioneer Press, like, 
saying citing us. Richard Pitino fire or let's say the next the next headline. KG to buy the Timberwolves per source at Wake and Take Podcast. <laughs> can, can you guys imagine? Like that would be so funny if they were saying as their source. Or yeah, like Eric Musselman is the new Gophers head coach, and he recently sat down with the Wake and Take Podcast and answered a few questions for him. Here's the clip, and it's on like Star Tribune's website. That would be nice. That would be nice. Breaking news: Eric Musselman hired as the head coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. First reported by Wake and Take podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be the day. Hopefully, if he, if that will, that first of all, that'd be awesome. Just as a basketball fan, if he does become the coach, and then second of all, see if we can uh, talk to Max about getting that worked out. Because from what he was saying, it sounds like Eric and I think his son Michael, yep. is he Michael or Matthew, Michael? They both sound like pretty fun guys and. It's not like the stereotypical, like, oh, I'm a strict coach. It's like guys who right. go on part of my take. It's guys who go viral. So, Yeah, and muscle, what we were saying about the recruiting thing, to kind of explain that, um, Eric Musselman takes pictures with every recruit that comes to, I think he started at Nevada and carried it on to Arkansas now, but they just, like, take a picture and it, they, like, recreate a famous scene from either basketball. I think it's usually, like, basketball history, you know, like, so they do. That's sweet. Like Ty Lu or AI stepping over Ty Lu and like Musselman's laying on the ground acting as Ty Lu and the recruits like stepping <laughs> over him like he's AI. That's amazing. Or, you know, That's super cool stuff like that. And so it's or when Gilbert Arenas pulled out the gun in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just going into the fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fans, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> so he he just he seems like a cool dude and a fun guy to talk to, and it's fun to listen to him on. Part of my take as well, and it's super fun to talk to Max and kind of get the inside scoop to some of those stories. Um, we talked Cinderellas with Max. BG, any Cinderellas that we didn't mention that were jumping out I to think, you? Yeah, I think maybe next pod I'll have to do some more research yeah. just because, like, transparently, I haven't been yeah. doing that. But they're not a um, Cinderella, but one that comes to my mind just because they're like a mid-major team and not one of the Power Five conferences is Creighton. Mm-hmm. I think I've referenced them before. They just had a big win against Butler yesterday Yep. Um, in their tournament, and they've been ranked in the low teens at parts of the season. They have good guard play. They have good bigs. They have good transfers, um, and they're well-coached. Obviously, okay, it's coming back to me. We did talk about it with Coach McDermott's comments mm-hmm. um, and that unfortunate um, how that went out and yeah. the unfortunate things that he said. But he is a good coach. Um, and they seem to have a good team. So, I, I dep- like uh, Max said, it depends who they draw in the tournament because you never really know, and that can have a huge impact. Like he was saying, if Loyola Chicago was an eight, they're going to be the best eighth seed maybe in the past however many so years true. to be in March Madness. So, I just think that they, they're capable definitely of surprising some teams. I don't know what they're going to be ranked. I've done very little research so far, but. Uh, a team to watch, I would say. Yeah, and we'll do probably a full breakdown on Mon- uh, on Tuesday's episode after the bracket has come out, and that'll be right as the first four. Or we'll record it before the first four is played, but we'll do a full breakdown of all the kind of Cinderella teams after the bracket is out and probably give some of our picks as well. Because um, the first game is next Thursday, right? Is it next the Thursday? The first four? Or you mean the, the real... 
first round. They, I think the real deal, right? I think it starts I Friday. They, I heard they switched to Friday. I don't like that at all. And then it goes, is it Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, Monday? Is that how they do it? I'm pretty sure, and it could have changed, but about three weeks sense. ago I read that it was going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's what I heard. Oh. Like, why, why change it if it's not broken? That's, a, that's not yeah. a COVID thing. COVID's not going to make a difference one day. I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm guessing the, the, the reason why was for traveling because they have to have extra days um, – to travel there and then just sit in their hotel rooms while they take m- multiple COVID tests every day. So like for when my sister ran in the big 10 championship, for example, they went there like four days before the, the first racer even, or the first athlete even raced because they had to take so many COVID tests while they're already there to make sure that they hadn't got it. And cause it takes so many days for your body to produce the virus that would actually show up on a test. So even if they're there oh, okay. for only one day, they have a negative test. It doesn't mean they're negative. It could mean that they're positive yeah. and their body hasn't produced enough of the virus to test positive yet. So there's probably an aspect there where they don't want these teams on the, but they're going to stay there. Yeah. That doesn't, it still doesn't really make sense because they're going to stay in Indianapolis no matter what. Right. So why not just bring pro- them there a day earlier and then have that's, it start. That's what I don't get. And maybe, and maybe that that's the thing too, where it's everything, how everything played out when the last uh, conference championships can be played, there just wasn't enough time for Thursday. Yeah. They just needed that one extra day, I guess. Yeah, but. that could be too. Yeah. It's probably on that end with conference tournaments. A lot of them ending on this Sunday, this coming Sunday, Sunday. they wouldn't have time to travel, take all the necessary COVID tests and then have that down period where they could make sure that they're yeah. safe. That's probably where it lies at because yeah, it wouldn't make sense otherwise. Because they're not going to leave. I imagine once they're there, once the, the, the 68 teams that will go down to 32 teams that will go down to 16 teams for the second weekend, they're not going to leave Indianapolis. They're going to they're gonna stay there, I imagine, for the whole duration of the tournament until they're knocked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's the one good thing, though. It won't be so depressing on Sunday when I remember it, when that first weekend's over and it's like nothing's the same. Like you just forge state straight days of just constant – phone in your face just yeah basketball on the tv yeah. and then you're just monday you're just like oh god like it, yeah at least we'll have happening. something that monday to get us through that day yeah monday's always yeah. tough i mean i'm pretty but, sure i say this every year when we get around this time but like this coming well it'll, this year it'll be this coming friday and it doesn't even really make sense now because covid everyone's pretty much on online school but it's like national call-in sick day because that would be my prime time. The first Thursday of, of college of basketball would be like, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling so good today. We can't go in. Got to stay home and watch yeah, college yeah. basketball all day. That is I know, the best day to take off. Zach, I don't know if you remember, but I remember there were a couple of teachers at Wyzetta High School who would just take the first like week of March Madness no off. No way. Which and then one? They'd, watch, they'd watch it together. I can't remember who it is. But if it because like, it was Thursday, Friday, they would just take Thursday and Friday off each year and go watch it. That's amazing. Was it like Tib and Tibbs and like all those guys? Like the no, it was somebody coaches? who you wouldn't expect. Huh. Damn, that's cool. That's a, that's a great way of doing it. I remember. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's just so much fun. Yeah. And it, oh my gosh, it's going to fall on St. Patrick's Day then, right? St. Patrick's Day weekend? The, week, the weekend after. Yeah, it's in a, it's on a Wednesday, so it's kind of pick your oh, – Oh, I see. Pick your poison. It's going to be a drunk weekend. <laughs> Starting on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, For a a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, this is also what, what does Rostein say? Like it's, 
vasectomy season or something like not vasectomy season. What's the one where you get the thing, oh. uh, <laughs> the thing shoved up your butt? Colonoscopy. Uh, colonoscopy. There it's we go. Colonoscopy season because this is apparently like the busiest time to get colonoscopies because you just got to sit on your butt for a couple days and <laughs> drink that juice or whatever, and then just sit down and watch college watch. basketball for four no days. No shit, it makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to have a colonoscopy, what can make it better than like watching March Madness to get your mind off of it? For sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know why those things are so, so frequent. I feel like everyone has to go colonoscopy. I think just, isn't it just like <laughs> once every That's a topic 50? for a later episode. <laughs> I think you got to get it like once every, when you turn like 40, like once every five years or something, 10 years maybe. Yeah. I hope by the time we're that age, they have like some digital stuff that they just don't have to stick it up your pooper. Never had someone sh- something shoved up my butt. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, Zach. No, I, I I'm I'm yeah, pretty I'll confident. I'll just die at forty. I'm pretty yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd rather die. No, I'm pretty confident though that they will have some sort of X-ray device or something that by that time you would think, right? I'm that, pretty sure there's a drink you can take now that's like like very very new to the market. That'll test if you're really yeah. Wow. Okay, that'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, future us, we'll figure out that problem, fellas. It's a long yeah. time from now. Long time from now. Back to college basketball. Um, let's see if I have anything else. I don't know if I do. I had a whole big notepad of stuff to talk about. I think we've hit most of it. Um, BG, any reactions from Gophers from the Big Ten tournament so far? Uh, no, wasn't surprised by the Gophers game last night. I think it was about time that season came to the end. Um, by the way, the second half of the season went, and now it's time for Patino to be on his way and the Gophers and Coil to start the search. Hopefully they already have some names in their minds and conversations yeah. had, but obviously too bad. But it, we were down a point with like eight seconds left. It wasn't that close of a game at all. It was a little deceiving. We did make a nice comeback, but – Ohio State had us the whole game. Started off with a 13-0 run in the first minutes of the game. And they played horrible. Ohio State played horrible, too. Um, Baylor barely got past Kansas State yesterday, um, which would have been a huge upset. They ended up winning by four points or six points, and it was close back and forth the entire game, which just goes to show you, when you're filling out those brackets, anything can happen, and it's just so awesome because everybody gives it their all. And for some reason, the team plays really well, and for another, they don't. So, um, let's see what else. Anything? Um, I don't. I don't know who won the Madison game since we're recording during. It's still that, on. I'm pretty sure I, I can give a live score here in just a second. Penn State had the lead last I checked. That was early in the first half. Second half is underway. Wisconsin up by 16, 49-33 with 17 Yeah, I expected the Wisconsin to win that. Depending on what the draw they get in the seed they get, I could see them making it uh, past the first round, maybe to the Sweet 16. But, oh, another good game. Oklahoma State beat West Virginia yesterday. Two great teams. And Oklahoma State, like Max said, has been so hot recently. Um and in one of the best conferences, the Big 12, they've got Cade Cunningham as well as some really good supporting cast members on that team. So I expect them to make a run and Cade to provide some 
magic in the tourney. Absolutely. Um, Believe it or not, I have, a, I have a little nugget of information. Yeah. You guys want to hear it? Hit us. Gonzaga won last night, mm-hmm. and now they're the they're the fifth team or the sixth team. I can't remember what it said ever to go into the NCAA tournament undefeated, and no team has ever won the tournament going in undefeated. Yep. That sounds right. Last team Kentucky. was Kentucky when they had those they twin brothers Wisconsin and Wisconsin in the final. Four. Lost to Wisconsin. Yep. And then the year before that was Wichita State. Yeah. But then the previous the ones were like they didn't even get yeah. out of the second round. No. Didn't they lose in the second That's round? Sad. To Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, that was an eight seeded Kentucky team that was just like yep. Who did make the, the championship? For yeah. Yeah. For Julius Randall. Yeah. 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 So I hope Gonzaga. I'm never. I'm never sold on Gonzaga. I never am. I, don't know I think this team is different than the other Gonzaga teams, but I do understand what you're saying because they do play in the West Coast Conference. But yeah, they've got some. They have four insane players on their team. Yeah, which I don't think we could ever say, even though they've been the number one seed, probably like a a good amount of the seasons we've been alive. But they've had yeah. maybe one or two really good players. They have four really good players, which is insane. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's probably switched a couple of years ago from Gonzaga just being like a mid-major team like Wichita State that was like good in their conference but just didn't do a lot in the the tournament. And Wichita State has been to a Final Four. But Gonzaga really in the last two to three years has just turned into a blue blood. I mean, they absolutely are a blue blood right now. And I remember before this college basketball season even started reading an article about Gonzaga saying there are four different players on this team could be the best player in the conference, could be the best player in the country, and we don't even know which one of the four is going to be the best. Obviously, one of them being Jalen Suggs, who, as a Minnesota guy, we probably like the most, at least I do, cheer for him the most. But they are just loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Mark Few is is very experienced in coaching Gonzaga and coaching teams in, in March Madness and into Final Fours and into national championships, and they are absolutely loaded this year. They could get another one. They could absolutely get another one, and it would be cool to see Jalen Suggs do it too. Yeah, and the beginning of the season, they they had a really tough schedule because they were in those like beginning of the season tournaments. Uh, just yeah. got notification that the Timberwolves won by thirty tonight, so they <laughs> ended up starting off the second half of the season right after after the All Star break. Wow. But um. Gonzaga, they had one of those like before your conference tournaments or before your conference schedules tournaments where they played Iowa and some other really good team. And they beat both of them, obviously, since they're undefeated, but they beat both by at least double digits, which comes to show like they do play in the West Coast Conference and the best team they play for about 90% of the year is BYU or St. Mary's most of the time. But they yeah. have those core one quality wins, although they were from three months ago they're they have the capability and they've shown it to beat the best teams in the country too, which not all Gonzaga teams have done. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Zachary, Thanks. any, uh, college hoops, any NCAA takes, or do you want to talk a little twins, a little wild? I know the wild have been yeah. hot recently. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I, I know we're supposed to forgive, forgive everyone of their transgressions, but I have a hard time overlooking Jalen Suggs, giving himself a three-pointer, giving himself an alley-oop from the three-point line off the backboard, missing terribly in a high school basketball game. I want to go watch from him. 
that always sticks in my mind when I see him play. Him and that Chet guy. Chet. Can't get that out of my head. Chet Holmgren? Yeah, yelling at the crowd, yelling at the coach of the other team. Bad looks, but they, those, they, those are their high school days. Yeah, they're moving on, you, they're doing bigger you've better gotta be, You've got to be cocky to be one of the best players in the country. It Can't just imagine. comes with just yeah. comes with it. That's how if, it goes. It's if we had Jalen Suggs on the pod, Zach, would you confront him about that? Uh, if you guys wanted me to. I don't want to make an ass out of our program here. But I would like to know, what was he thinking? Yeah. Why would that ever work, ever? Even in warm-ups from the three-point line. It's pretty dope, though. It was in the game. No, it worked. What, it was yeah, pretty dope. Went in. I, how could it have? He was at the three-point line. He threw it to himself. <laughs> threw it off the back. I haven't, I haven't seen this, but how did he throw it? Underhand? Overhand? Yep, underhand. Threw it. Missed, like, just hit off the backboard, went somewhere else. And then everyone's, like, kind of gasped in the crowd. Like, oh, oh, what the fuck? He was, was on that? a breakaway or what? <laughs> no, it was loaded. Everyone was in the paint. It, it was, was loaded. setting up an offense. Loaded box, and he just went off the glass loaded to box, himself. He just threw it off the backboard, and someone else got, like, what the fuck? Mm. And then Chet fouled out, and he was yelling at the other team's coach, calling his players wimps or something like that, and waving to the crowd. And stuff. And it, <laughs> were, you, were you booing? Maybe not wimps. Maybe he had another word for him. Were you <laughs> booing him off the court? Wimps. Uh they called them weenies and wimps and crybabies. Who, no, could, I don't who know. could bench? Who could bench more? You or Chet? Probably me. He's going to be making more money, but I think I could bench more than Chet. Chet for sure. What do you I think could. of his name, Chet? Would you change it? Fewer him. Would cool you? name. Cool name. You like it? I like Chet. Okay. Yeah. What about you guys? I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't have an opinion on it. Just you, you I feel like Chet. Chet's like a fifty-year-old police captain. Okay. Is Chet over there? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Just by the way you Chief said it the Chet. first time, I, I thought you Chief were kind Chet. of... Yeah, Chet, Chet for sure has a mustache. Maybe he's not a police officer. He's yeah. for sure also, got a mustache. He, he was supposed to announce his commitment like two weeks ago. And he never so did. So I don't know what's up with that. He's waiting until we hire a new... A podcast to announce it on. For sure. Hey, if he goes Shoot, to Minnesota... Dude. I know just the spot. Yeah. And forgive just... and forget. If he goes to Minnesota, we're all, we're all clean. We're all good here. Because I know he doesn't sleep well at night knowing that I'm... Not the biggest fan of him. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, I wanted to ask you, did you get a chance to watch the um, Meghan Markle, Oprah interview? No, I don't think so. Have you Is heard Meghan of Meghan Markle again? <laughs> 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 okay, never mind. I was just going to ask if you had any opinion on it. She's the, I don't know, some actress who's married to Prince William. Uh, or no, Prince oh, oh, um, yeah. Han- ha- Harry. Prince Harry. That's right. Uh, and I didn't they see were on, she went on Oprah. Oprah. Um, a couple of nights ago, I think. And what happened? I didn't watch it, but it was like some big fallout where Piers Morgan, <laughs> Piers Morgan ends up resigning. The end of the story is Piers Morgan ends up resigning from his job over it. But she went <laughs> on with Oprah and like aired out all the dirty laundry of the Royal family and how they're a bunch of racists. And I don't even know what else she said. I think it was wow. mostly about them being racist. And then <laughs> I saw a video of Pierce Morgan like on the next day on, I don't know what day it was, Monday morning, I guess, on Good Morning Britain, just like losing his mind, like Meghan Markle is a liar. <laughs> she cannot Did, dis- did he get to one of the, the ropes or was he just well, defending he, the family? He, I guess he was defending the family. I don't think he had any involvement in the story other than just like a journalist perspective on it, but... He ended up resigning from Good Morning America or Good Morning Britain after like the day after because 
he got into a, an argument with one of the other hosts of the show. And then he was like saying all this wow. stuff about how Meghan Markle's a disgrace to, to Britain and a disgrace to the Royal Jeez. family and just a total liar. And he's like, I don't believe anything she says. And I don't know, I was thought, it Alex Jones esque? Mm, kinda, kinda. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I mean, maybe not that unhinged, but you know, he was, <laughs> he was getting there. He was getting there. I I just figured you'd be all over that. You're kind of a pop culture guy, I feel like, or at least you're in the know of it. I like to, I'd like to be uh, more, I wish there was a way for me to filter my news a little better. I don't like going on and seeing news articles anymore, but if people tell me like news stories, I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, well, this is your news from Snapchat. Yeah. That's why I kind of thought it would be right up your alley. I feel like this would be a big Snapchat. I've taken the last couple of days. I haven't been on Snapchat too much. I've been trying to, focus on chess and uh, homework and other stuff. Can you tell the, the listeners about your chess experience in the last 24 hours? Sure. Love to. Love to. Pretty wild 24 hours here. I went to uh, <laughs> apply for a job as a chess instructor, elementary school. And tell them how much um, experience you have as a chess player. Zero chess experience. I played when I was seven. I remember with my dad. He taught me how. Other than that, didn't, I was probably eight, nine last time I played chess. <clears throat> Signed up for it because I thought it would be really fun. Pay was pretty good too. And I was like, okay, Almost. it seems like uh, 20, wow. 20, crazy. 20 but it's not going to be like steady hours or anything, but like, yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you here. <laughs> Three hours a week. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And so <laughs> calls me two, uh, two nights ago. He's like, hey, yeah, after not hearing from him a long time, so I assume that's all into, like, I didn't study or anything. I was like, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I interviewed him all morning. I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right, so I've got my work cut off for me. I don't know chess. i got to learn chess here in a night. <sighs> Damn, so. <laughs> I'm playing chess online all night, and I, it's like 3.30 in the morning. I got a 10 o'clock interview. I'm like, Are you I just am, playing or against like computers or actual people? <laughs> uh, actual pe- people throughout the, through the computer, which is really cool. Chess.com. Wow. Chess.com is really cool. You can get your own ranking and everything. It's it's quite the sponsored. Setup. Chess.com sponsored this podcast, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, 9 o'clock interview, 3.30, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't sleep. Try to go to bed. I couldn't fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep. I just ended up playing chess all night long. I was worried. Was, I didn't know what to expect. The interview goes for an hour and 20 minutes. He never mentioned the word chess once. He, he messaged that I'd be a chess instructor. That was all he said about chess. Second of all, no <laughs> kids have signed up for the program. It might not even happen. I got the job, but they said they got to wait for kids. If no kids come, it won't happen this spring. And I didn't, I didn't sleep the whole, I, I was like, I, I think I nailed the interview. I don't even remember, dude. <laughs> I, I really don't. What I did he ask you about for an hour and 20 minutes? Everything about working with kids and, and just different situations you might find yourself in with kids unrelated to chess. Mm-hmm. And you brought oh, up my... your experience as a flag football coach? He did. He did actually. And the triple yeah. reverse to win triple the did you, did you bring that up as well? As like a... I, I did not. I did not. I, I'm sure he would be the guy that would appreciate it though, actually. Legit. And I should have brought that up. Um, <laughs> We won on a triple. Ha, ah, man, that should be. That well, should be you already, you already got the job, so you shouldn't be true. So, that's very. If true. there is a job, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, but you were now, pretty. I, you were pretty stressed out when he said he wanted to interview you in the morning because you had no chess knowledge. And no chess knowledge. Is this for like an elementary earlier school? Earlier in the morning, I usually wake up. What's that? This isn't like a middle school, elementary school. Through an elementary school program, um, I'll be traveling around the mid. It's kind of, kind of cool. It's like a traveling. Like so, I'll travel through different different towns. Teaching kids how to play chess, you're, which is a really like cool, a traveling chess man, traveling chess man. And so it's pretty awesome. And I'm 
hooked. I can't stop playing chess right now. I can't. I've played probably 25 games. How today. did you do against the people online? It's good because they put you with guys in a similar level, and then you'll start playing guys above you, below you, whatever. Right during the podcast, sorry, Beal, during the podcast, I beat a guy who was probably 100 points higher than me, higher level than me, and I was stoked. Wow. I was super stoked, but I was also making some stupid moves because I was trying to listen in. It was, it was in between podcasts, so it wasn't I wasn't being yeah, super you better, disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, you better, be, better not be playing chess. Never. You can One dream chess. of it. But now uh, I can't stop playing. So I don't know what to do now. You're addicted. What are, you, what are your views chess. of the Queen's Gambit show? Queen's Gambit? I haven't seen it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. But you like the, the move in chess. It's a move, right? It's a move. Yeah. It's, uh, I've used it a couple times. It was kind of cool on the side. I had no idea. I, I put my Queen's side pawn up. He put his Queen's side pawn up. And then the, the board on the side, like, ooh, I was learning how to play. Yeah. He's like, ooh, that sets you up perfectly for a Queen's Gambit. I'm like, oh, no way. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I know I'm not going to watch the show. Next question. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Um, have you met, what, what do you, if you get the job, will you call yourself like a chess master or what, what like can you title? Have you met any I'm professional a, chess p- players, chess masters? I have not. I'm going to keep learning, keep uh, taking lessons on chess.com. And from there, we'll see. I think you get different in the rankings. Like grandmaster is the top one. Grandmaster. Okay. Um, right now I, I'm probably a novice. But next level I get, I'll probably refer to myself as that. And you guys could also refer to me as that on the show if you'd like. Chess master. Chess master. Whatever the next one is. like. Chess uh, master Chester. Chess master Chester. Chess. Ooh, yeah, I, like I like that. I'll be chess master Chester from now on on the show. <laughs> or just Chester. Chester. I like it. <laughs> All right, Chester. All right. What else is going on in your world, Chester? Uh, Are you applying for any other jobs? In case no one, no kids sign up for your chess master, chess yeah, program. Uh, tutor, tutoring programs. Okay. Um, yep. And so, what would you tutor? That they haven't told me, but I'm also I'm already <laughs> tutoring someone uh, in reading. Little first grade kid. She's adorable. It's really fun. We haven't started reading books yet, but we just uh, just had like a session of like getting to know each other, and it's gonna be really fun. I'm excited. Yeah. That that'll be fun. Teaching a first yeah, grade. Sure. read. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's going to be fun over online though. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That will be hard online. Yeah. Would you be doing guys... chess in person or online? Yep. Chess and chess in person, which would be oh, really cool. Good. Yep. So that'd be really nice. Um, um, and the cool thing is he said that even if it doesn't happen this, this spring, he said in the fall that I could teach potentially chess, Lego building music. And then for the pre-K kids, uh, basketball soccer floor hockey rocketry like building rockets and stuff like not building rockets but like stop rockets and stuff like <laughs> that like, think wow. you are? i had so no- did, did you say like hey i'm not bill and i no i told him i could do it i told him you could do everything not, right? yeah why not um, chester chess master chester he can learn he can learn a thing or two yeah. i don't know enough to teach chess at all right now either but i'm hooked so i know i will get i, I caught the bug what is your nice. what's your first move? Uh usually queenside pawn up two spa- two spots. Queen's How about you guys? Have you I uh, have no idea. Have you ever tried or this would be a good technique when you're in person, just knocking over the other person's king or queen? Is it queen or king? Uh king you gotta be you gotta get their king. Get no, their but king. if you just like knock it over, doesn't that end the game? Oh, I never heard of that. Usually I think it's more of just... like more of like a if you do it to your own queen or your own king. 
Like if Did you accidentally knock knock- over that. Oh yeah. I've heard of, I've seen yeah. that. I mean, that's, I'll that was always it. like the joke in our elementary school or whatever. When we were playing chess, like we just knocked the other person's king over and be like, Oh, you and lost. Like they forfeited. Yeah. You oh, lost. That's <laughs> no, I, I, that was my yeah, go-to I, move. I, uh, online, you either forfeit or you win and then a green screen pops up. But then you can also review all your footage and moves and stuff that you've done. Mm. But you have to buy like the seven day free trial or seven day program. Yeah. Seven day free trial, but you got to pay for it after the seven days. Which, um, and then you can go back and analyze every single move you took. Well, which you've de- it sounds like you've definitely done that seven day free trial. No, I'm debating it because this is the thing. <laughs> I, uh, I know I'm going to need it. I know I'm going to yeah. need it for more than seven days. Especially if and you're I don't a chess master. You for sure. Learn. For sure. So I'm trying to get as much out of it as I can right now with the free version. How much does it but, cost a month? Um, I, I didn't even look actually. That's a good question. I, I should have, should have looked. Yeah. Um, I saw five, okay. $5 a week or a month. Can't, I didn't. Oh, hopefully not. A hopefully week. not a week. That would be. Yeah. That game Piccolo. That yeah. costs four, four fifty a week. Wow. The app. Does it really? That's it's a, a riot. Wow. It's a racket. That's what that is. It is a, <laughs> that is a riot and a racket. Unreal. Nice. Zach, what what would your fate be if you were in the Harry Potter movie when they're playing chess with those like life size <laughs> statues and you could like die? What what would your fate be? Oh, that's a good one. Uh ask me all the tough Which ones, one man. is that? The Sorcerer's Stone? Sorcerer's Stone, yeah, and Ron gets on the thing, which I never understood why he had to get on it. He could have just called it out from the back and then he gets just psh- yeah, to sacrifice himself, and then that would leave a spot open. Um, I get whooped. I get whooped. Uh, it's crazy. It's it's pretty. It's laughable to think that Ron Weasley, a second year at Hogwarts, <laughs> took down uh took down the the wizard chess game that was, you know, cursed in the basement. What's but, uh, what's what's funnier to think that he did that or that he ended up with Hermione? Oh, that's even that. Okay, that's probably more laughable. Man, it should have been Harry and Hermione. Spoiler alert. You guys seen that? You guys seen it? <laughs> I haven't. Have you I, seen, seen Harry Potter? A couple of them. I haven't seen all of them. them. Isn't there like 20 of them? There's seven. Yeah, that's way too Close. many. I've seen like yeah. three of them. So they're super good. Super duper good. What about you guys? What's new in the lives of you guys? College basketball, baby. Just been on the oh, golf yeah. course and watching college basketball lines. I have some very... I mean, this is kind of, I, I don't bet a lot of college basketball throughout the year, but March Madness, I'll go heavy because I feel like I get, during this week, conference tournament week, I get some good insights into teams. And usually, you know, you, you miss a lot, but you get a few that, that you find. And usually you can find like one or two teams that are going to win a couple of games in March Madness. And that's where you can make some dough. Absolutely. 100%. I, I agree with that for sure. So I've been kind of nerding out in the, uh, in the garage here, just checking out college basketball lines, final analytics, players I like, sick. analytics. Like I got a bulletin board. Like I don't a, have a bulletin a, board. I do have talk. a uh, kind of a note sheet here with with a lot of my information from from teams I like. I guess nice. I can't really see it, but um, we we got a couple of pages worth of stuff here. And one team, I'll give you a little nugget. This will be on next week's pod. But hot tip for everybody: if you want to make some bets right now. UNC Greensboro, <clears throat> they're going to get an automatic bid. They have a phenomenal point guard who is probably going to be the best defensive player in the tournament. Uh, Isaiah Miller. Yes, he's so good. 
He is really? so good at defense. I, I don't know the exact stats on him. I don't have him right here in front of me. But his steals per um, – I don't know if it's steals per game. No, that's what I, I wasn't looking at. I was like steals per possession guarded. It was some really weird adjusted stat. He's like the highest in the last 20 years. He's insane at defense. Dude, he does it all. That's like, sick. This dude is a total beast. UNC Greensboro is going to upset somebody. They're going to be like a 12 seed or 13 seed. If they get the right matchup, they could be a second weekend team. That's sick. Hot tip right there on UNC Greensboro because their point guard is so good. What did you say? Oh, Isaiah Miller? Miller is that, that his name, right? Yeah, Isaiah Miller. He's yeah. like six foot, six foot one. Yeah. And he has at least like a 45 inch vertical, too. Oh, yeah. So he just has some amazing poster dunks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's a he's he's two time, whatever conference they're in, I don't remember. But Sun or South. I think it's the Big South. Big South. Maybe. He is a two-time Big South Player of the Year now in a row. So back wow. to the best cool. South of the Big South. He's got a good chance to go to the NBA, I think. No, I think it's the Big South, yeah. Yeah, I think he does too. I mean, his his coach was on um, Miller. His coach is named Miller too. There's no relation. Um, but he was on a podcast this week that I was listening to. And his coach has been telling him for the last month, like, dude, you're going to, you're going to be in the NBA. If you keep defending like this, if you can play this good defense and he's obviously an all world athlete, you're going to go to the NBA. You're going to find a home and out of UNC, uh, not Ashboro, UNC Greensboro. I mean, what a not, cool school. Not, not a lot of guys that's go sick. to the NBA from there. No, that's yeah. awesome. So that'll be a fun team to watch fellows. Anything else before we wrap this pot up, we'll do a full breakdown of, of bracket, Next uh, week on Tuesday, after the bracket comes out on Sunday, we'll talk about all of our favorite teams, our picks, how the regions worked out, all that kind of stuff. Anything else conference tournament related before we end the show today? I'm just really excited for Sunday, for Selection Sunday to happen and to finally get the brackets out, to get it printed and have that in my hands. It's just the feeling that it's here and the best time of the year for sports. Printers are going to be hot on Sunday. Absolutely. As they always are. Stock yeah. up on that ink, Zachary. You're going to have to make some mm-hmm. rackets, fellas. Might need a couple, too. We might need a couple of different versions. With I was just thinking I'm a, I'm about a one this. Bracket guy. This is going to be our first wake and take like bracket or like d- oh, time during March Madness dude. since we didn't have it last year, right? We should do a pool. We should do a wake and take pool. I love it. Yeah. We'll oh. do some talking before next week's episode because yeah. this is going to be the first annual for us, so. Oh, hell yeah. We got to do a pool. We'll have to make it even more special. Yeah. He's going to look bad if I win our pool. So one of the hosts (laughs) of the show wins the pool. We won't have to worry about that. We'll see about that. We will make a pool. We'll do it on probably on ESPN. Uh, We'll see everyone. We'll make a pool. We'll do it on ESPN. And we'll have some sort of prize to the winner. Probably won't be any. punishment. Prize and punishment. I like it. But do we want to do like open it up to everybody? Like open it up to the public? That's what I was yeah. saying, like open public and so like have yeah. everyone in the wake and take league. Right, and I, I like it. people. No, well, here's what we'll do. People. No entry fee. We'll make some sort of prize for the winner. No winner entry fee. Winner gets an interview. Oh, I like Ooh. it. I like it. Um, loser, though, we'll, it, we'll have to make something up for the loser. Worst finishing bracket. Loser uh, hangs out with Zach for a day or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I might Jeez. have to lose just so I can hang out with a, Zach. A song written to them. From a love Zach. song. A love song from Zach song? sung to them I've live on the cooking. podcast. I don't have a target yet. I got one cooking in the lab, A target. <laughs> a victim. I love it. Yeah. I love it. 
Let's end it right there. We'll be back next week. The brackets will be out. It will be an absolutely electric time as we have the four-day stretch before from, from Selection Sunday until the tournament starts. We'll be back right before then, breaking down everything you need to know about March Madness, about the field of 68, and all the Cinderella's you're going to want to know about before that tournament gets rolled. We will see you all then. What day is it? And in what mind this clock never seems so alive I can't keep up and I can't back down I've been losing so much time Cause it's you and me and all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why Can't keep my eyes off of you What are the things That I want to say Just aren't coming out right I'm tripping on words you got my head spinning, I don't know where to go from here. Cause it's you and me, and all other people with nothing to do, nothing to prove. And it's you and me, and all other people, and I don't know why, can't keep my eyes off of you. Something about you now I can't quite figure out Everything she does is beautiful Everything she does is right Cause it's you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you and me And all other people With nothing to do Nothing to prove And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why my eyes off of you What day is it And in what mind This clock never seems so alive